I created it out of passion, something that I wanted to see reflect the fun nature of how I've always viewed training. It's why I look at it through the lens of superhero training. Aside from the fact that we all want to look a certain way and those caricatures happen to embody that anatomically, I always saw it as, okay, that's really fun. Even as adults, we can all appreciate that kind of those movies, those that, that, that whole thing, that action sequence is very motivating to us. We like it. We, it's fun for us. And I wanted to create an environment where it was very serious and had the best stuff in the whole world, but it was also fun at the same time. Welcome to episode 152 of the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Levitt. And in this episode, we have Brandon Founier with us, who is the owner of Strict Vision Athletics. He's also a certified personal trainer and master's degree in exercise science. This was such a fun conversation. Brandon understands marketing business. He's an entrepreneur. He speaks about how he's grown his business, you know, that tipping point we all have, but even going down to building that community, that network, how you can build a brand out there that people collaborate with. And then the cross-branding with other industries that is so applicable to us in the design community and building community. So much amazing content, especially with your marketing strategies on social media. Without further ado, let's get started. This past May, we had an amazing contractor coalition summit. This was in Nashville with Nick Schiffer from Menace Builders and Morgan Molitor from Construction of Style out of Minnesota. And we are now up for our second round of the Contractor Coalition Summit that'll be in Huntington Beach from Sunday, November 6th through Wednesday, November 9th. Go to ContractorCoalitionSummit.com, sign up, register. We have some amazing partners that'll be there sponsoring the event, amazing attendees that have already signed up. It's limited seating. We're only allowing 30 to attend. And again, this will be all things pricing, profitability, contracting, client expectations, scheduling, and of course, marketing and social media. Everything that we wish we knew in our business from the very beginning is all going to be wrapped up into just a couple of days. So we'll see you there in Huntington Beach in November. Welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and we have Brandon Founier with us. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. So Brandon, we met through Instagram, through a mutual client. And just a little background, Brandon is the owner of Strict Vision Athletics. He has this amazing facility in Gilbert, specialized training. He has a master's in exercise science with a specialty in strength and conditioning. And he is big into social media, big into content creation, big into marketing, has his own podcast coming up. And so maybe before we dive into some of that, which is very relatable to what I do, Brandon, mm-hmm. you know, why start your own business? Well, I sort of stumbled into starting my own business, if I'm honest. I uh, took a job with the NFL. I trained at a place called PEP when I was about 17. That's where I started. I tell everyone I've only really worked two places. I started there, uh, trained for about four years while I was getting my BA. And then when I got out, I had something lined up to kind of continue with them. But I met a guy who was at the time training my father and he had created a Cybex gym in his basement. And it at first just sparked the idea kind of just for a passion project. I just wanted one for my own. And as time went on, as I started building and just continued along that path, I, I started to pick up a couple of clients and it was nothing major. And it really took shape about two and a half years later when my younger brother graduated from TCU. He got out, he had a degree in finance and marketing and he came out and he said, okay, you're making this garage gym thing and you've got a unique vibe going on here. We have a Marvel themed gym is sort of a... Which is amazing. And you've done some of our work yourself. So for all you guys listening, we're going to have a social media and you're going to have to go check this out because it, it'll blow your mind. It's incredible. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. It, it, it gave me a very... Because like I said, it Unique. started It started yeah. with passion. It started as a passion project. I wanted a space where, of course, I could do the things I love, which is training. I've always loved that. I, you know, Kinesis was my... What I studied in my BA. And then, like I said, I went on to do the master's. But I, in addition to the research... I just became a total equipment nerd. I, I loved the new and exciting ways of training and how it relates to the certain particular athlete and how it can change over time as the technology gets better. And all of that just really fascinated me. So I started co- essentially a collection. I started putting together some really advanced stuff. And that was probably the best piece of advice that my dad's now ex-coach at the time told me was don't buy cheap home gym equipment, buy actual commercial grade stuff and buy slowly and then just build from there and see if you want to do it. And if not, you could always just resell because resale value is the biggest thing those those types of equipment companies carry with them a lot more. Because if you buy something from 
Cyvex, it, most likely it's not going to break. It's going to last a long time. And then if you don't use it, you can eventually sell it. So that's why I started along that path. But about, like I said, after about two and a half years, my brother came out. He was the social media guru, more so than me. He had the vision to, at the time, this would give it a little bit of uh, date on to when it started. At the time, TikTok had just come out. It had just became a social media platform. And he told me, he goes, hey, look, well, the first thing we need to do is we got to get this place on TikTok. It's, it's made for TikTok. It's perfect. Your brand is perfect for TikTok. I did not think so at first. I saw, because I mean, my only interaction with TikTok at that time was, okay, I'm not going on the 16 year old twerk app. Like, I just don't yeah. get why that, how's that going to help me sell fitness? But he, and it's not, I, I got to give him the credit where it's due. There were a few big social media gurus, the guys that had been doing it more so than him at the time that were all talking about it. They were all saying, look, it's this new company. It's out of China. It's got this crazy algorithm. It's going to boost everything else you want to do. It doesn't matter if you want to grow YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, get on TikTok because that's going to funnel all your other platforms. That's how that really took off. For me, I had been marketing locally because we are a one-stop shop right now. We are in the process of creating more of a franchise, but mm -hmm. right now we're only in one location. So for me, all my, all my marketing was localized. So I guess why create my own business, which I know was the original question before this tangent, I created it out of passion, something that I wanted to see reflect the fun nature of how I've always viewed training. It's why I look at it through the lens of superhero training, aside from the fact that we all want to look a certain way and those caricatures happen to embody that anatomically, I always saw it as, okay, that's really fun. Even as adults, we can all appreciate that kind of those movies, those, that, that, that whole thing, that action sequence is very motivating to us. We like it. We, it's fun for us. And I wanted to create an environment where it was very serious and had the best stuff in the whole world, but it was also fun at the same time. But it's interesting because like you have a unique passion, Brandon, and this is something that I think is very unique for people. And it, I, I see it very calm with entrepreneurs, right? Like when you reached out to me, you DM me right away, like you're on top of me in a, in a very non-aggressive way, but you're like, hey, when can we meet? When can you come to us? And it's like, when you start a business, it's really easy because you have the passion and energy to be an entrepreneur, which is super rare. Uh, I think most people will be successful, but in any business, right? There's struggles. There's you know, you're at a point now where you've seen the success through TikTok and marketing that we'll get into and, mm. you know, and how you're expanding and how our businesses are going to be collaborating in the future. But there comes a point where you're like, is this working? Like, do I have the clientele? Is, am I making enough money? Right. You have these hard things. Like, oh. was there ever a time where maybe there's a tipping point or those, those real struggles we all have as entrepreneurs? Like, am I cut out for this? Is this uh -huh. going to get anywhere? Even though you may have the vision, it's just the road to get there is a lot harder than most people realize. It's harder than I can even, it's tough to describe with words because words are so clumsy. What I tell everyone, because we do get asked oftentimes, you know, okay, how did this, how did this start? Where did this come from? What did you do to make this? The biggest thing I tell everyone is, look, you're seeing something that is now almost 12 years in the making today. That's right. everything backing all the way up to college for me. And for the first maybe five to six years. I made no money. I took all the money I got in the time when I was training with uh, PEP. I was also licensed as a realtor. So I was doing some work as a realtor at that time to funnel this little dream of mine. But mm -hmm. I tell everyone, every dollar I made, I essentially had a savings account of about $20,000. And every dollar over that that I made, I put into business. the business. And I made, I, I, you can ask my accountant, I made no money for five or six years. And, and I remember on like the sixth year, he told me, he goes, okay, look, we can't continue to operate this way. You can't keep telling everyone that you make no money. I'm like, I make no money. It's all going back into business expenses to create this. I really am. He goes, yeah, I get that, but you've got to eventually make something. And that is a very, very uncomfortable pill to swallow, especially when you are dealing with a trainer who maybe they're on the fence about doing it this way because there's always the option to just go and work for LA Fitness or go and work anywhere corporate, anywhere that's already established. It's a lot easier for someone to call me and ask for a job than to go out into their garage and like, okay, how can I measure this out? How can I budget over the next one, three, five years? How can I expand slowly and responsibly and still eat? And, and, that's, and that's hard. 
that that was really tough for me in the beginning. And well, well, it's very similar. I mean, your your business, the construction. I mean, to think of it as if you're a trade partner, subcontract, even a general contract, you're buying equipment, right? You're buying things that have a payback, but it's a fee business, right? Your fee is clientele mm-hmm. and sales and marketing and get them in. And so it's just that that constant theme that most of us just need to understand that is very similar to my business. It took me five, six, seven years before I felt like we had a grasp of understanding where it's kind of twofold. There is a part of education, learning what to charge, how much to charge to make sure the fees justify the oh, business yeah. we're doing, right? Payroll and cost of goods and everything you're purchasing. Mm-hmm. Also, there's also that co-branding side where you have the name, the reputation, where people are willing to pay that. You can't just open your business and say, I'm going to charge X dollars a square foot or here's my fee. (laughs) Same as you. I mean, there has to be some credibility and there's a fine balance to say, well, when when am I being paid what I'm worth, right? Or my education or knowledge, as you said, you know, master's degree in exercise science, work for a specialized company doing NFL training. At some point, the culmination of all these experiences and talents and education you have will come into play, but it's really tough to just mentally think, okay, I, I know where I'm going. I'm going to get there. I'm so close. Mm-hmm. To know what you're worth is probably one of the single most difficult facets of being the entrepreneur. And I can only speak to my experience because of the specificity of the business that I am in. But that is one of the things that when we do, we do some seminar work occasionally where we bring in trainers, we kind of just present them with an alternative business model to what they are typically used to seeing, which is get into a gym, build my client base, leave that gym. Hopefully my clients come with me, get a gym, yep. which is just to me just sounds absolutely abysmal. Right. That sounds like the worst <laughs> the business worst way plan. to go at it. That yeah. sounds horrible to me. But for us as an entrepreneur, if you are doing this out of your home or in any way, shape or form on your own, knowing what you're worth is one of the toughest, trickiest things to get around because A, you don't, and that was, it was one area where everyone, and I mean everyone, my mentors, my family, my, the people around me were telling me, Brandon, there is no way that you're going to be able to charge you know, 200 a session for people to train in your garage. It's never going to happen. You're going to have to have an exit strategy at some point. And in my head, I mean, I heard it. I heard what they were saying. But in my head, I was always just sort of, I always pushed, no, I don't, I don't think you're right. I don't think you see it the same way I see it. I think when I get it all out, and when I finally see it expand, and when I say that it's taken, it, we are still to this day expanding. Right mm-hmm. now, as we speak, you know, we're building the podcast studio. The pool is getting put in. Yeah. We're doing an IV therapy. Like, things Got are the sauna, still- the cold plunge, all of this. Yes, yeah. all that stuff. It's still building now. But in order to kind of have the vision as an entrepreneur, and, and, and sometimes, and I hate to say it, mute the voices of the people who are telling you, okay, you know, this is fine and dandy at 60 a session, 70 a session. You're never going to be a $200 an hour brand. You're never going to make that kind of money in your house. It's just not going to happen. Having the understanding of A, what you said, to properly price yourself out in the beginning and know how to transition and know what you're worth in order to get to that number and know when you are in fact capped or when you can push even further that's one of the areas where in one thing we do try to give out as much as we can is our business model. We, like I said, we do a lot of seminar work. That's an area that almost all trainers struggle with is understanding their value. So when you speak of seminars, though, I mean, are you out there like educating the public or your peers essentially in, in the training industry? It's both. So what I do occasionally, I will get asked to go and speak sometimes on that sort of topic. But what we do is monthly when we don't have construction going on in the back, we do seminars actually at Straight Vision. And we'll get anywhere from like 20 to 50 trainers. They'll come in. It's, it's starting small. We, yeah. Frankly, we kind of got that off the ground, got it to where it was 20 to 50 people. And then we ended up in this lull with the construction. So it's kind of taken a step back. Our goal, though, is to really branch more into that side of things, teaching, coaching. And I say we because now it's a, you know, a four-person team that runs the company. So it's not just me. So all of that said... As we grow, we want to teach. And that is one area, you know, knowing your value and understanding how to properly progress or regress, because I've had to do both. Mm-hmm. Knowing when that is, that's really hard to master. And, and it depends on it. Like you said, it depends on so many different factors. What are you doing with your education? What's your prior experience? Like, what is your facility like? What kind of training do you have? What do people say? So how, but how did you get past this aspect? Because I think we're most professionals, consultants, you know, we're all working for a fee, essentially architects, designers, me as a builder, 
you know, at some point, your network, you have to understand, well, what do I charge? What's market value? Am I better than the market? I bring more value to the table. So here's how I set up my operation. A big thing for me is, okay, well, it's one thing to say, well, my competitors are charging X, you know, on cost plus. Here's where I'm at. Well, how do I justify this based on, you know, the talent I have on my team, the way our operation, how we're organized, our systems in place, right? You know, this is all things we communicate through these different platforms, the social media, the podcast, and other elements we have at our disposal. But for you, you know, 200 bucks a session or an hour, okay, that doesn't just come out of nowhere. I'm sure you had a network or people you consult with. Like, how do you get to where you understand your value to say, I'm worth this. I know other people are driving this number. You know, does that come from where you work before? You know, networking, you know, how do you build to understand just, okay, where am I at? And then now how do I sell that value? Mm, great question. It's a little bit of a lot of what you just said. Um, seeking the opinions of people who are ahead of me. I'll give Mark Bell a nice shout out here. Talking to somebody like him who is, you know, a guy's in his 50s. He's done this for 30 plus years. You know, seeing what someone like that charges for his time. Mm -hmm. And and I will say this also, starting, Ian Danny is the coach over at PEP. And this can't be understated, especially now that Charles Parliquin has passed away. I would say Ian Danny is probably the foremost strength and conditioning coach in the world, possibly. He's one of them. Seeing what he charged and kind of for me, you know, starting at the top, starting in a facility where the, their facility, you really should go it's a down. It's premium brand. It's not too far from here. You really should go look at it. They've literally got three stories to their facility. Base ground is essentially turf and training and they've got the best in the world. Then they've got their kitchen. Then they've got their recovery lab, which is up top. And each one of the athletes will go each up essentially up the ladder slowly and will do that each time they come. So what I saw was, all right, how does Tim Tebow train? How does Larry Fitzgerald train? What, Tom Brady, whatever. What right? do yeah. they, what do they, and, and you know, those guys, 350, 550, 7, 800 a day. Who cares? Well, you have LeBron it? coming out saying he spends a million dollars a year in training on his body, right? So easily. Yeah. Easily. And people wonder, how's that happen? Where's it go? Oh, yeah. believe me, it can go like that. If you are taking every single step and every single angle is covered, everything he eats, every moment of his day is accounted for by someone else. He is, he is a marvelous machine created by dozens of other people, not just himself. And seeing what it takes to do that and what price is associated with that is a really good, that's always been kind of a goal for me. I have always pushed my brand toward where I started. So I suppose for me, it was easy to have sort of a flagship example on how far- Of what to pursue. Mm -hmm. What to pursue. I wanted to take his facility and change it in a way that it was general population friendly. That's what I did. So what's interesting is this entrepreneur mindset, and we'll get into, I mean, now you're looking at franchising. We'll speak about how you're also not just training, but now you're looking at designing home gyms for people, clients mm -hmm. of mine. I've, I've, I've referred to you a few of my clients that are doing home gyms mm -hmm. in our properties and now you can help them and, you know, whatever theme they want as, you know, if they want a modern or like you have the Marvel theme. Yeah. <laughs> what, what Have you ever thought about or have you already done this? Maybe you have, you know, a company like looking at, you know, for me, I look at my companies. Well, how do I build a good culture for my company? Is it, you know, meal planning? Is it training? Is it, you know, maybe on a, on a corporate level, you know, working with a company or brand just for their employees, you know, health of mind, state of mind, you know, that's a big thing. Construction is a very stressful industry. Mm. And it's something I never thought about until we're sitting here talking about this right now. Yeah. You know, how is that, has that ever um, opportunity present itself for you? Uh, no, I, I've never been brought into a corporate structure yet. I know kind of what you're referring to. And oftentimes I know a few tra uh, trainers that do do that. I think they more so do it from an online training avenue, which I don't, I don't, I don't really see that as the most valuable use of either the time of the corporation or the trainer. If it were to happen, I'm sure I could wrap my head around it and create a corporate gym with a you know training regimen for all the employees and everything along those lines. But to your point on the community creation, mm -hmm. whether that's for a corporation or for my brand or anyone's brand, cr creating a community is one of the most valuable things you can do. And that is something that is surprisingly inexpensive when it comes to a monetary amount. Now, the time as far as time costs quite a bit because creating a community out of what how we've done it has been certainly a lot through social media. We have created a buzz around the people that it's not because now it's not just the people that physically come and train with me. It's anybody who follows 
what we do. It's people who are involved with any of our, we do, I don't know, we do giveaways and we do all kinds of merchandise. And now we do, like you said, we create garage gyms. So anybody who's touched any facet of the company is now involved in this little little community. And you can do this a number of different ways. Social media is really, really good at this. You can do Facebook groups. You can do an Instagram page. Our TikTok following is by far our biggest. That's where you get your biggest funnel lead. And we feel from all over the world. And it's very odd. And sometimes I'll put you like, you, you, you get recognized, I'm guessing. You go out and yeah. people like see you and they, they, they know yeah, you. Yeah, it happens. But I'll give you a plug here because it's interesting to what you're speaking to. You know, rewind back a hundred episodes ago, right on the podcast. I had Jeremy Andrews. He's the CEO of Traeger Grills, right? The smokers. Okay, yeah, yeah. And his big thing is he spoke so much, and I spoke to him offline and especially at the podcast, he talked about the community. And what he said when they were kind of struggling, you know, in Traeger to get it all, you know, they they had immediate success and then they kind of had a lull, right? Because all these other smokers are coming into play. And he said the community was the key, right? Jeremy 2.0, it's all marketing. And, and what it was is building a platform. People are sharing their recipes with Traeger, you know, food that they're smoking, you know, from seafood to steak to whatever it is. And these special, you know, cooking pizza on their Traeger. Yeah. And so he created this, like this, you think about this community or I often, you know, speak about silent salesmen or silent salespeople, people that sell your brand are on your payroll. That's what you have. I mean, like Raul Mihan that, you know, he's big on social media and he's out there working out saying, Brad, like you need to be part of this, like collaborate. So you have someone that's selling your brand not on your payroll. In fact, it's a client of yours. That builds a community. That's really where you go from, okay, Brandon, Strict Vision Athletics, I'm here. Now it's going to take you to the next level. I'll add even another point to that, which is a perfect segue to what we're doing. We have really in recent months even, it's really kind of a new thing, but it's exactly what you're discussing. We've created essentially what is uh, our ambassador program, where again, through social media, we have a very, very intricate network of trainers and anybody in the health industry locally, Arizona is a floodgate for this industry. It is mm-hmm. a massive amount of trainers. Trust me, everyone's training all the everyone's time. Everyone's training. Oh, man. Sun's out. You got to be Part out. Part of me is like, this is really annoying because like the, you, you want to do everything you possibly can to separate yourself from most of the industry. <laughs> in, my, in my field, it's because it's one of those things where I don't want to tangent on this, but you can have no experience. Just say you're a trainer and guess right. what you are. That's it. There is nothing in the background to say or validate that, at least not to the average person. They may see you the same, the same way they would see me. So it's, it's hard sometimes to separate. But So how do you differentiate yourself? And here's why I'm going to ask that before I, if yeah, I interrupt yeah. you, because I've seen this in the training world and I've seen, especially on TikTok and others, where uh-huh. they come in and say, you know, someone will have these different exercises they're doing to build certain muscle groups. And the real experience, people are like, hey, you know, whether it's fortunate genetics or how this person is, that's not really going to do a ton of benefit. You actually need to be doing this. And so it's really hard to become an expert where you have, for lack of a better word, a ton of competition or a lot of people that built these big followings without the credibility behind it. (laughs) Yeah, big time. And and, I mean, a way that I have found to, the best way to separate yourself from your in my industry, which is all I can speak to, yeah. to separate yourself from the pack, one easy way to do that is through high-level education. Mm-hmm. To continue your schooling. Stead on. To continue, that is one thing because 999.9 people out of this industry will never, forget a college degree, they will never go further than that. Yeah. They, they just won't. This is an industry of people who oftentimes don't stay in this long term. They train, they do that for a little while, then they go and they become a broker. They, they, they do something else. But- those, the people that you're mentioning, those high level influencers that maybe don't have all the training knowledge, they are still a very big part of the community mm-hmm. for someone like me. And see, for us, my brother is who really brought this into perspective for me. He's like, look, you are a very, very knowledgeable, overschooled, and underpaid trainer who no one really knows about. It doesn't matter if you get yourself a master's degree in this, if no one has any idea that you're here. You need to find that balance between the influencer that has no real knowledge mm-hmm. and the coach that has all the knowledge, but none of the influence. One way to do that is what we've been doing with our ambassador program. We bring in, you know, let's use Mr. Influencer who has no training whatsoever, but he's got a massive community with him. And those people are dying for a trainer. Well, guess what? That person now sees value in coming to our facility because of the buzz that we'll create around his brand. And he mm-hmm. sees our place and he's like, It's the co branding. Come on, man. I could just like Captain America and go work out in there yeah. for a week. Yeah, I'll come down there. I can do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll come down there. So now it's kind of like clockwork for us. Each weekend, we get people from all over the community that 
Maybe they're great trainers, maybe they're not, but they're absolutely crushing it on their marketing game, whatever it is they're doing. And I want to work with those people. I want to know, hey man, what are you doing? Because oftentimes, you know, maybe you're not exactly what I would consider to be a master trainer, but you're doing something right. You're doing something. Look at this incredible community you've created. Come and talk to me about it. And so that has been a really successful way for us to work with other people in the industry who are doing something better than we are. Well, I love that because what you're speaking to is cross-branding. And I think many companies, you know, it's really easy to get pigeonholed. And a, a good example is construction. I'm in construction and a lot of people are saying, well, I'm in a mar- market to architects and designers. And they go to the build shows, learn some of the new products out there. What they fail to see is that cross-branding, right? It's like when you called me, I'm like, okay, Brandon, there's a lot of collaboration you and I can have. You in athletics, me in construction. Brian Harris, who's a client I built for, he's one of the highest... Uh, now, one of the most well-known thought leader, he does, you know, um, cosmetic dentistry, right? Yeah, I see and, his face. Yeah, and Raul does, you know, he's a urologist. And then I've done some work for the Cardinals. And so the, the biggest thing is in any marketing, they say, well, you should always be branding and marketing to your immediate clientele, but you should also be looking at clientele collaboration, cross-branding with other professionals in other fields. And the reason being, it's not just an influencer thing. It's just people because you and I are marketing to, like a better word, a high-end clientele, right? People that are looking for value. And it means value means different things for different people. It could be time, could be quality, um, it could be convenience, right? And so that's where the crossover and that's the collaboration. And so by doing that, you know, you get exposure to other networks instead of just marketing to maybe a, a top architect or designer in my network. Absolutely. And looking at it through the lens of the person who will buy from you, will buy from Raul, will buy from me, will buy from Brian. That's the same guy. He, he, now, we may be in entirely different industries, but that guy is not going to buy from you and Raul and Brian and then go to Planet Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is going to want if, you know, at, at some point, the cool thing is too, each, each, you always want to look at it from this perspective of people see value in different areas for different reasons. People are always going to want a house. You know, the guy who buys from you, mm-hmm. this ain't his first house. He, he, he's, he's, he's doing all right. He's doing very well for himself. He's buying a very nice house. If he has something in Raul's, you know, segment, he's going to call him because he's the best and he'll call me because I'm the best. That's what, when you cross brand, it's so important to remember that just because those aren't your followers doesn't mean they don't see the value in what you're doing. Or they know someone that will be your clientele. And that goes back to the silent salesman, the community, as you mentioned, that's why I love LinkedIn. That's why I love, as you mentioned, TikTok and these other platforms is that they may know someone and then refer them that. Maybe your client may not be my client, but maybe they know someone who's building and, hey, talk to Brad. And, and that's where you see your business take off. What's unique for you, Brandon, is you talk about franchise. You know, it's, what's really difficult in any fee business is fees. You know, as you know, so you, you can always charge more depending on your skill set, education. As you said, becoming a thought leader, you're doing the podcast, you're doing all these different educational platforms, mm-hmm. which now elevate you where you can justify the fee. Regardless, you know, it's still a fee business. There has to be other avenues there. So you mentioned, you know, that you're going to franchise a business. You also sell equipment now. You're working with that. So how do those other elements just, they're, they're not individual, they're, you know, it's not like it's distracting you from your end goal, but they're just supplementing, you know, the whole vision itself. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been very important to make sure that, because I think we probably all know people like this. Somebody who can't quite focus on one area, somebody who, and oftentimes people who claim to be entrepreneurs, they struggle with this. They can't look at a certain area and focus on it and develop it. They have to pick eight areas and find difficulty bringing them all into the same brand. Have difficulty kind of, while they may be different things, if they're too randomized and they're not on brand with what it is that you're putting forward, it's oftentimes difficult for the audience to believe you if that makes sense. What I have found is that because we'll we'll do training, we'll do online training, we'll do garage gym creation. Like you said, we're getting into franchise, another location on or group fit, however it is you want to do supplementation, all of that. While there's, you could make a business out of any one of those ideas and never change and just do that. But for us, if we can do that, but keep everything going in the same direction, That's where you find the most success. And when it comes to the latest thing, which is sort of the garage gym creation, that's been an area where I'm so, so happy today 
that I, as I mentioned earlier, that I kind of muted those voices of people who said, okay, well, when are you going to get out? When are you going to leave the garage? When are you going to go? <laughs> if, I left the, if I left my home, left the garage and went and bought brick and mortar, well, all right, I'm not going to say it wouldn't be cool still. It definitely would, but I would be, I'd be just another person on the street. I could just be another thing. It wouldn't have that value. It, wouldn't, it would no longer be a commodity for me to be like, hey, I can make you a garage gym. Somebody might see me and be like, I mean, I guess I believe you, yeah. But yeah. if you see how we've done it, if you see how that crazy. house has been changed, no one's going to doubt that it can be done at their house as well. But what's interesting is not only the strategy you have of like the garage gym, which you can sell and market and you can advertise, especially based on what you've done to your home, but you also have the capability to do like a, a higher end gym or if someone actually has space for a gym on their property, mm-hmm. you have that capability too, where you can go you know, design that form as well. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relations with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. They're, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty. You know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests we've brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A big part of our company as well that I haven't mentioned has been collaboration with equipment companies. We have done product reviews, all sorts of different comparison analyses. All of that stuff has become a really big, especially for the content. That has been one of the biggest parts of our platform has been offering that knowledge for free. That's one of those areas where it doesn't equate to money right now. But if you have a little foresight and you think about things in a bigger picture, we could see that, okay, we need to be doing these. We need to review everything. We need to tell everyone everything we know about this for free. That is going to bring people in because they're going to realize, okay, this, this, you know, a lot of these companies, they'll charge you for just the understanding on which to buy or whatever. They've got a subscription model and they'll tell right. you what their opinion is. Scrap all that. Give away as much as you possibly can for free for as long as you can. That entices people because people hate being sold to, especially online. So for us, making that a big part of the early on phase of our company is what has kind of catapulted it to where it's at now. It's interesting because when I speak to you and, and, and what you're mentioning now is every 
successful entrepreneur in their field, you know, if lack of a better word, you call them a thought leader, they'll show everything, everything they know or learn, mistakes they're making, how they've corrected that knowledge. And what's interesting, because you never worry about the competition. They're not you. They're not your personality. Mm-hmm. And by putting out content, as you mentioned, you're not soliciting super salesy where it just turns people off like car salesmen. It's just you're putting out information, education, insight that now the public is like, you know, I can relate to Brandon. I like him. I like his personality. I like his energy. That's what will attract them. And then at the, you know, so you're just building that network, you know, with that methodology. Mm-hmm. And never view your professional peers through the lens of competition. Right. That's something very important that I feel like some entrepreneurs, I, there was a young lady I spoke I love to that. Uh, like a month ago. She was having some kind of a debacle professionally. She didn't like it that somebody she thought was taking her brand from her. And I just happened to be in an opportunity where I could talk to her about it. And I, and I told her, you know, look, you just have to understand that that's a very, it's a very short-sighted and small mindset to think that way. Never, ever, ever view the people in your industry as your competition. View them as a way to grow. And of course, they may view you as competition, but that's, that puts them at a disadvantage over you. I work with trainers. If I find out someone has a garage gym and they are trying to literally replicate what I'm doing down to the T, there's, there've been a couple I'm people, sure some people have shown us yeah. like, Hey, this guy's trying to do a Marvel gym. I'm like, Oh, good for him. Yeah. Now everything short of literally painting my name on the wall. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all for it. I, I'll reach out to that guy and, and almost always they know exactly who I am. And if you have positioned yourself in your market, as you and I both have to where, okay, you know, these guys kind of lead their little niche industry. People are either openly or silently looking at you and going, well, man, we really need to be trying to do that. We need to get, how's he doing that? Like, let's just, let's just watch his page and we'll just make sure that we, he's pretty open about what he's saying. Maybe he doesn't know that he's saying that much. Let's just make sure we follow it. <laughs> Whatever the reasons, they're still following you. And that's a very, very unique opportunity. It comes with a lot of responsibility, but it's, it's important to always view the people in your industry not through the lens of competition. View them as a way to, to grow together. I love that. It's a, that mentality of abundance, right? Not scarcity. But what's interesting is like I've, I looked at this way, you know, the, the collaboration with other builders, right? And there's a lot of co-collaboration with those here in Phoenix and then on a national level. And I, I just see the benefits that give in my business, you know, as you expand that network and you can collaborate. And I see that in the design community to an extent, the architectural community and builder community. W- what recommendation would you give? Because there's also the other side of it. You know, mental health is a big thing. And as people look at, you know, a lot of people have become depressed from social media because they're always comparing because it's easy to show latest and greatest or, you know, the different material things. And you compare yourself or maybe I could be looking like, why is Brandon having so much success? Why does he have all this energy? Like, why haven't I got there yet? And so it's easy mentally to be looking at your competition, whether through the followers, you know, that vanity metric, or whether it's through maybe perceived success, I think you may have, you know, how do you mentally overcome that aspect? Mm. Mentally overcome the potential toxicity of social media. Yes, yeah, there is. Maybe it's it, jealousy, it's maybe it's like coveting, there. you know, what they're doing. But I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot of pros from it, but there's it's also too the funny downfall. you mention this be- because of the nature of us being a fitness industry, you know, company. My feed is now, every time I open my face, there's some <laughs> jacked person in my face. Like, are you, are you living 100% maxed out energy yeah. <laughs> today? Every time I open my phone. And part of me is just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's not normal. There's no way I can live that way forever. And if it was not, I'll say this. Everything is, everything's a double-edged sword, not just this. But social media can be an extremely i read an article last week was saying that people are getting clinically depressed because they think it's social media but young people are seeing other people's lives and they're feeling that they don't live up and i think there's a real danger to that especially if you're somebody who you're not on it for the right reasons that sounds like such a cliche but for me i have an understanding that well okay i have i have partners, I have employees, I have a company that is reliant on the success of our platforms in these areas. I must, we, we will eat or die from social media. It must grow. And so that is a major focal point for us, content creation, using those platforms in a professional manner, but always understanding, and this is something, especially I would speak out to young people and maybe even, especially people in a young training aspect, because you're in an industry that is self-obsessed, sex-obsessed, and just driven by a vapid, false sense of security everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. I never really wanted to be that. I didn't want to be an influencer. I didn't even want to, like I said, I didn't want to go on TikTok. I didn't want to do <laughs> my work that way. Ian, the guy, my mentor, he's not even on Facebook. He doesn't yeah. have anything. I envy the, now he's, he's a dinosaur. He's been in the industry for yeah. 40 years. He Which doesn't else? have to. Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. They just yeah. go to him. It's, I envy that. I really do because I wish I had the name recognition where nobody, I wouldn't have to be on social media. Today, things are very different. It's such an important it's and it's only getting i don't like the word worse but it's only getting more important that you are on social media and have that presence it's a resume that's what i explain to young people when they come to our seminars or when we're talking about this exact topic i say you need to understand how many of you guys are taking instagram so how many of you guys post once a day i mean most people are like i mean no i mean i go on it every day i'm like yeah that's worse I go on, I post, and then I log off as much as I can because otherwise I'll just sit there and I'll just field questions and I'll talk to strangers because I enjoy it. I do like getting questions about really relevant things that I think you know, oftentimes if I don't know the answer, I'll research. It's how I learn. It's how they learn. I enjoy that. But it's also very addictive. It's not real life. And we have to remember that there's a real life world around us right now outside of our phones. So A, it's very important for young entrepreneurs to see the value in that, especially right now in 2022. I would even go so far as to say you won't be successful as an entrepreneur if you don't take social media seriously. That's a pretty harsh statement. Just short of winning really? the recent lottery, mm-hmm. you're not going to be a business owner in 2022 starting out without the understanding of social media. Coupled with that must be the understanding that It cannot define who you are. It shouldn't define who you are. You need to have real world value outside of the small 30 second reels that you post. And it's interesting because to that point, I mean, you said this earlier on too, is that like not, it's not that you turn it off because you have to engage to some extent, but it's what the reason I'm bringing it up is because you've had tremendous success on TikTok Mm -hmm. and TikTok is unlike any platform when it comes to the trolls, like the troll game. Uh, on TikTok, I, I mean, them. sometimes I'll just redo it because they're so funny. Uh-huh. You know, like LinkedIn, it's a totally different demographic. Like I'll respond, you know, and even YouTube to some extent, Instagram's pretty, you know, positive in, in, in most cases. But TikTok, that is a whole different warfare that's out there. So as you mentioned, it's like sometimes maybe if you have put the humor hat on, it's funny, but you just can't emotionally go down that rabbit hole of taking a personal anything they're posting because who knows what you see on TikTok. For every... To that... <laughs> for every... Maybe everyone's one a troll on positive TikTok. It's comment, you'll get yeah. three negative. It's crazy. But you also have to realize that it, on any of the algorithms, they don't distinguish between a negative or a positive comment. Comment's right. a comment. So, you know, whenever we get someone, I'm always like, well, why is that? It's traffic. Yeah. <laughs> someone will, they'll, oh, they'll answer you. Oh, they'll drive their point home even further. <laughs> Whatever it is. Why is he so small? If I had that garage gym, I'd be so much bigger yeah, than he is. I know. Well, why is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you always, that was something my marketer taught me early on. He goes, every single time anyone comments positive or negative, always respond with a question. And you could just ask him, why is that? That's a simple answer because they, they, they'll answer again. Yeah, especially the the trolls. They they love hearing their own voice. It's <laughs> great, but you're right. It's a, that's a TikTok. It's a whole man. different platform. It's a whole different platform. So so continuing education. I look at construction. Construction's evolved completely from uh, I don't want to just say pickup contractor, but it's gone into you know sustainability and net zero and passive houses. And there's just different products out on the market, right? And how we build our homes and you know from flashing and waterproofing. You know, even in Arizona, I've seen it completely change from when I first moved here to now. And so what's really important for us as a builder is to find that continuing education. It's no different to you in the exercise science industry that you have an amazing background. You have a degree in exercise science. Continuing education, right, to understand more about body, nutrition, diet, right? How do you continue to educate yourself so that you're speaking knowledgeably to your audience, Mm. you know, as far as nutrition and exercise go? Very good question. The first thing I would say is understand what hat you want to wear. So oftentimes people associate exercise and nutrition. They always put that together, exercise and nutrition, exercise and nutrition. While it's important for a very good trainer to have a decent amount of knowledge in both, I will always delegate it whenever possible for something like that, especially when it comes to nutrition. I am, I'm not a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So when people ask me nutrition questions, I will delegate to a nutritionist. I am an exercise science master and I have a complete understanding on every single 
biomechanical movement, what, what equipment to get for it, how it works, what kind of athletes should use it, which one shouldn't. That's my field. Now, when it comes to continuing education, there are broad strokes that just about anybody can take, regardless of which field you find yourself in, or even if you're in a completely unrelated field altogether. I like continued education in the form of really three different ways. For me, it comes down to, uh, you can get official certifications. I mean, for me, the NASM, the ISSA, the CSCS, those are all very, very good sports science continued education certifications that are really pro. Then you can get into in-person certifications or in-person seminar work, shall we? And I will say this right out of the gate. Of all three of the ones that I'll mention, that's probably the one I most recommend to trainers. Get yourself, even if you've got to travel, for me, I'll go to Austin and I'll go hang out at the Onnit Academy. I'll take a few of their courses or, or I'll go wherever. You get the picture. I'll go to California. I'll go to Kabuki Strength. I want to go to the best coaches in the world. And they oftentimes, almost always, these people will teach classes or courses. They'll do weekend long seminars. And while you may not get a, you know, a couple little letters after your name saying you went to this seminar, your real world experience as an actual trainer to bring that knowledge home and give it to your group that is invaluable. And if you get a couple good ones, you it will change your going to the Onnit Academy changed the way I train for a very very long time. And doing stuff like that is probably number 2. And then number 3 I would say is formal education. And that's where, you know, the the degrees, the masters, the you know, BA, that kind of thing is valuable. It has value in the market and it's as we mentioned earlier, it's a good way to schism away from the rest of the industry, especially my industry, where it's just overly saturated with people who, you know, maybe they look good, but there's a big difference between I can make myself look good and now I can fix other people, make them look good or feel good or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Well, it's interesting because as you're sharing that, Brandon, I was just thinking, you know, the collaboration with nutrition and, you know, other specialists, but specifically to you with the exercise science aspect, you know, for me to be successful as a builder, and I, it, this took me a long time to learn, is I have to understand how to set expectations. And, and the big part is when a client comes in to understand, well, what are their goals with their house, right? How are they going to use their house? How are they going to live in it? Where do they want to spend their dollars, right? What do they want to conserve? You know, it's really understanding kind of their goals mm-hmm. and then setting clear expectations throughout. So for you, as you have clients come in, I'm sure they all range, right? Every client's different. Their health is at a different stage. So I would imagine it's for you, you're trying to investigate from them. What are they looking for? Are they looking for muscle mass? Are they looking for tone? Are they looking for just being healthy as they age? I mean, how does your clientele differ just in maybe age or what they're looking for, you know, for services that come into your facility? Yeah. Oh, everyone's different. It's part of the, uh, it's, it's, I call it the equation. It's part of the, my favorite part of the process is the new client phase. I love meeting someone and figuring out the equation to them. Because every single person is an incredibly beautiful balance of different chemical makeups and past experiences. And maybe they have physical trauma, emotional trauma, back, like all of that, fill in the blank. People have a lot of stuff that they drag around with them. And when they come into me, it, it becomes very evident in the first, I, I tell everyone that the first 30 days with me is pretty much an evaluation period. That's how I really draw out a lot of the more obvious barriers to whatever their goals are. But then the rest, I mean, it still takes time. It's a very slow process when done properly. And this is not a very 2022 mindset thing because everybody wants it right now. Proper training takes months and years to truly dig out some of the past problems and experiences that a lot of these people will have is a very long and tedious process. And that's why for me, just that initial month, I tell everyone, look, you can expect Basic biomechanical movements, balance, stretching, mobility drills. That's what we're doing for the first month. Yeah, I'm not going to pinch your arm, measure your waist, take a picture and say, all right, congratulations, (laughs) you're evaluated. For me, because I train for longevity, I want clients like I have that have been with me for six, seven, eight years. People who are like, okay, well, you know, I could certainly leave and go somewhere else. But there is such a big difference between what I get here versus what I get at LA Fitness or what I get at EOS. Like it's not even in the same, it's an entirely different business. It's not even in the same demographic. They both technically are gyms, but it's just so, it's just so different. And that's the other thing is it's an, it's always a changing equation. You know, maybe I have a client, maybe he's been with me for six months and we think we've got it all handled. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he goes to Huntington Beach, 
He gets drunk. He falls off the pier. He fractures his hip. He's got to go in and have surgery. Well, now, now the equation's all, now it's all, now he's misaligned. Now he's got to come back and now we got to figure it out for another five months. So it's, it's always changing. Were, human beings are very interesting. It's part of what I like. I like that about exercise science, that it's always changing. You always have to sort of figure it out as you go. So it's interesting. I mean, you speak about consistency and there's a book called Atomic Habits, right? And one of the analogies is you think about like ice cubes. So for ice to melt, it has to hit 32 degrees. And the analogy that always stuck out to me is like, if ice cubes at 23 degrees and then goes to 24 degrees, it's not melting in 25 and 26, it still stays that frozen like mm-hmm. ice cube, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's not till you hit 32 to 33, right, that it starts to melt. But going from 24 to 25 degrees and then the 26 is just as important. You're getting all the way there till you finally hit that threshold. Mm-hmm. It's really hard mentally. I mean, you think about athletics, training, you know, physical, like it, people may come in and think, okay, Brandon, I want results in 30 days. Well, <laughs> I, I can get you on the right setup and we could be progressing, but you're at 24 degrees. We still got eight degrees to go, right, till you get to where you need to be. Oh, yeah. So I would imagine that part's difficult, just, you know, mentally getting through that. And it's no different than business. In business, it's easy for me to think about, well, I don't have success today, you know. People say, well, Brad, how do you have success on social media? Well, one thing's content creation, but another thing's consistency. Are you posting every day? It's a time. Like, I've been doing this for seven years. You know, I've gone viral maybe a couple of times, not a whole lot, but it's consistency. It's that constant theme that most people miss the mark. Harder and harder to go viral too. Each one of so the- So hard. Uh, well, now it's pay for play. I mean, TikTok, you can have like, your brand's perfect for TikTok, but you know, and that's totally changing that platform. Now they're saying it's more, you know, more users on there than Instagram. I look at kids now, my yeah. kid generation, like my kids, they're on TikTok. Like, oh, it's, it's the totally biggest, changed. Yeah, biggest user interface of any of the platforms is TikTok right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's still the king. I think TikTok may be, and I don't have this verified yet, but we're, we're really digging into it. TikTok may even be changing their algorithm a little bit to where it's not quite, it's, it's a little bit harder to go, go viral is what I'm saying. As, and this is, it's unfortunate because most of the time when you see these people on these Instagram pages, you know, they got a million followers and stuff and you're like, how in the world did you get, I'm doing everything perfect. <laughs> they got in like day two. They got right. in early back when the platform was new. All of this, all these things worked for them in order to get there. It's the same with any new platform. And I still think TikTok is sort of new. It's still new-ish. It's getting to where now, though, it's changing. And slowly, we'll see this happen. Unfortunately, TikTok will become pay-to-play. It will slowly shift over. TikTok will go the way more because it, it just makes more sense. It's more monetization. Monetize. Monetize. That's yeah. what they want. Eventually, everybody wants to make money, including TikTok. So you know, get in as soon as you can, but understand that, you know, you're like you said, you're going to win the long game by being consistent, not by going viral because you're, you're going to go viral maybe four or five times your life. If you're lucky. Like right. it's not going to happen. I love that loyalty audience. And you mentioned the collaboration to the network, how important that is nutrition, you know, so collaboration, nutrition or nutritionist, right. In your field, mm-hmm. I think if it's very similar to my designers and architects, you know, without going down this rabbit hole of why I don't have it in house, there's a lot of reasons, but there's a lot of reciprocity and collaboration with my design community, we'll call it, right? Yeah. So for you, and I'm, I'm just not expert in design. I'm colorblind, just to be transparent. So it's like, <laughs> I, oh, I'm glad to ask me certain colors and my teammates find me like, why are you asking Brad? You need to be asking someone else. So that's why I outsource that. But, you know, for you, nutritionists, you know, do you find that cross collaboration again, you know, referrals, right? Which is a big part of your mm-hmm. business. Okay. As you refer that your clients to say, hey, exercise one thing, correct techniques, one thing. You know, diet's another aspect of that. You okay. know, how does that come into play? It's not just diet. It's it, sleep. My, my collaboration with it, it's with so much now. It's it's with different pieces of equipment that I sell. It's with meal plans. It's with the software company that made the meal plans possible. Collaborating with other companies is how you will grow the fastest, hands down. That is, not only do you leverage whatever followers that company is currently using by using their product and figuring out a mutually beneficial deal, but you will get access to somebody who, like, let's say all they did was focus on developing this Octane Fit Garage, the company that does our macro count meal plan software. All they did for like six years was develop this software. Over, I didn't do that. I didn't have time. I didn't want to do that. Why would I ever want to do that? But I can come along after they're done. And after they're like, hey, we got this. It's working. It's awesome. I can come on and now I can just use it. And, and that's an that's a easy choice for me. Like I said, choose your hat. And it's also something to say, like why my team has gone from me to me and four other people. It, it's, 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 it, I was wearing every hat all the time for the first two to three years and getting nowhere. I would grow kind of, I would get okay clientele at an okay rate, but it wasn't until I realized that, that, okay, I need to 
you know, divvy up the pie, bring in a few more people and let them wear some of those hats because this is all they do. I don't want to be the person that's in charge of all of that. I want to be in charge of what I know and what I like and what I study. And that's allowed me to really focus. I can dive into my education further. I can, you know, just become better at who I want to be by collaborating with other people and other companies that do what they do better. It's interesting because, you know, as I think about that, it's really easy to say, I want to do everything. I want to keep everything in house. But what you're saying is I specialize, you know, you're still versatile. You still have diversity in what you're doing because you may have, you're going to be franchising, you're going to be selling equipment, you know, you have your home gym and fee, but, but it's very specialized in what you're doing. And then you, you know, you have these other professionals and consultants in your network and that's allowed you to grow more as a business. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So kettlebells, talking about the artistry, because you have the most amazing kettlebells. And again, <laughs> artistry, like, you know, where did that, you know, where did that come from that just changed like the kettlebell look and, you know, inspire your clientele that comes in? I mean, I, well, I tell people I was, I was a nerdy kid long before <laughs> I was ever even like in the athletic world. I, my, my, my dad got us all into sports very early on. I was a wrestler. I did soccer, that kind of stuff, volleyball. But I, I always took more to, I liked, I liked science. I liked comic books. I, I liked to paint. I, I was, I was a very, I was a misfitty kind of kid. I was just sort of strange, but I, I painted models from a very, very young age, kind of not professionally, but I used to display them in the shops and stuff. So I did it semi-seriously as a young, young, young person. And I, speaking to our specific look in there, we've got, I've painted my kettlebells, I've painted murals, I've done the, the 3D printout guys hanging from the ceiling. And, and so for me, that's kind of gone into two things. I guess actually three, the content creation, because one thing I've learned is that when you diversify the content you're giving to your people, they will oftentimes go toward it. They will like it because people seeing the same thing from you over and over and over, even if it's free information and good information, if it's repetitive, oftentimes- they get tired. Yeah, they get yeah. tired of it. They don't like, okay, that's cool. He did that before. Like, But if I you know, time-lapse myself painting Thor, throw it up on the ceiling, light it up with LEDs, and then shoot myself doing bench press underneath it. Okay, well, that's going to get a heck of a lot more views than if I just did bench press. Yeah. So for the content side of things, that was easy, easy choice. For me, I, I, I still need that avenue, something that I can do for my artistic side, and that's still painting. I still paint, you know, a couple of times. I don't do video games. I don't really watch movies. If I decompress at the end of the day, that's something I do. And so for me, it's an easy choice to just, kill two birds with one stone, film it, use it as content and put it up and increase the decor. Cause now it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. People get in there and they're like, oh man, <laughs> where, where, where am I? Like it's a universal studios of a gym. And, and that's kind of what we wanted to do. I wanted it to be outlandish. I wanted it to be something nobody had ever seen before. It's the only way that I knew I was going to be able to really leave a mark amidst these other bigger, more established companies. When I started, that's how I knew I had to do it. I had to be different. So what's interesting about speaking with you, Brandon, and the times we've met is that you're like super, you eat, breathe, and sleep your business, right? And you're very passionate about it. That's mm -hmm. why it drives you to the success you've had. You know, as you think about the painting side, what else do you do for fun? You have to have some outlet oh, yeah. outside of all this. So what else do you do? <laughs> I still play beach. I still do volleyball. I still, I mean, I love going outdoors. I love <laughs> hiking, camping, hunting. All that stuff is great for me. I, during the wintertime, I'm an average snowboarder. I'll travel all over the place. Uh, you know, anywhere I can get my hands on snow, if I'm, I'm there. So that's my, that's my big thing. I you're in the wrong place if you're in Arizona. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, we have a couple of ski resorts, but they're far away. You know, you have to travel quite a bit to get to the good ones. But oh, I mean, yeah. Park City I, isn't too, oh, super man. far. Park City's but. outstanding. I'll, I'll go to anywhere in Salt Lake City. Uh, Colorado, of course. Mm -hmm. Colorado's but, not far. But for me, I, I, I pretty much save all my traveling for winter just so I can mm -hmm. go snowboard all over the place. I'll go to California and surf sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I love to travel. Love to do that. I love to have the freedom to be, to be able to do that. I make my own schedule. And the push now is, like I said, we're doing a lot more online stuff, less time for money exchange, right. more passive, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's Smart. the direction it's going so that someone like me who maybe there comes a day where all I'm doing is making content based on what it is I'm doing. That's the direction you want to go as someone like me. That's kind of a goal. I wouldn't say it's the goal, but that's a goal is the ability to train anybody in the world to be able to do it from any location in the world. And to be able to make a living anywhere in the world. And that's freedom. For me, time is so, so, so much more valuable than money. Yeah. 
it always has been. It's interesting to hear that because, I mean, as I speak to people, I ask, you ask them their value or what it is, and they say, well, it means different things to different people, but for a lot of people's time, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you put value on time? Because it's, yeah. it's a commodity you can't stop. So, yeah. I mean, it's not even commodity, it's just something, yeah, you have to have it. So, where can our listeners find you? Uh, definitely Instagram. They can go to Strict Vision Athletics, uh, Strict underscore Vision underscore Athletics, and then you can find that on TikTok. I think it's all one word. Um, YouTube as well, Strict Vision Athletics. I think if you just Google Strict Vision, it'll come you'll, up. You'll probably pop up. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, we're pretty all over that. But that's yeah, that's that's where I'd say start there. Well, that's amazing, Brandon. I mean, you've been phenomenal. Appreciate your passion and just the collaboration we'll have in the future. So make sure and go follow Brandon. Check out the content he's putting out there. It'll give you some amazing ideas. And thanks for making time today. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, Give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.